following podcast may contain a dash of popular profanities. Live, is it? Jeez, I'm really fucking loud. Fucking loud. Jeez, I'm really fucking loud. Fucking loud. Can you hear me? I can hear you. We're, you sound real echoey, though. Uh, well, that's because I'm in Sloppy Joe's. Oh, okay, you cool. You know, Stinky wants me to do this, and yeah. it, it, it is the most convoluted setup I've ever seen in my entire life. You are on an iPad, and okay. then we're recording onto another iPad with... I have to hold my C1 microphone, which is phantom-powered by the Alexis audio sleeve thingy, and then the VU meters go. So this show's going to sound like it's in a tin can? Nobody knows what it's going to okay. sound like, actually. By the way, the weather today is supposed to be quite unusual for the season, or it's usual. It's uh, going to be uh, 60, 70, 80, or 50. So that's Fahrenheit, everybody. What's going on, man? I feel like it's been forever since I talked to you, and uh, it's only been a week. It's only been a week. I don't even know what our last uh, hints were. But anyway, I'm Wiggly. Welcome to Pick It a Buck. On the uh, Skype pad, iPad Skype, is uh, Kyle Von Kubik. Uh, Hello. Hello. Hi. Behind the bar is Keith LaPosh. Doing absolutely nothing. I had to set up Keith LaRoche. Keith up. That's right. Keith LaRoche. Sorry, Keith. Yo. How come he still has that the talkback echo? He's standing right here. I, I don't know. You it's, tell me. Bizarre. So Stinky wanted us to be in here because he wants to drink. <laughs> okay. Now, why he can't just bring... I wish I was there. Yeah, me too. Because then you wouldn't have echo. Yes. Is it, is it hard to hear me? Terrible, but let's keep going. Uh, turn down your radio, listener. He thinks this is supposed to help boost his alcohol consumption, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, he has other stupid things that we have to do as well. He's blessing the room with a giant incense burner, like you see at a church of some sort. And he's going around with frankincense, so the whole place, the fire detect, smoke detector was going off. Wow. Uh, I mean, even for Stinky, he's even weirder than normal lately. Oh, that's not good. I, I guess because his movie's going to be coming out soon. That's what I keep hearing. Yeah. So I have to actually hold my mic. I can look at myself in Sloppy Joe's mirror. And I'll tell you what, there are no headphones, pro headphones, that a bald man should ever wear. (laughs) So I'm quite distracted by how I look like I'm from uh, uh, what people thought the future would look like in the 1920s. You look like a lobot from uh, Empire Strikes Back. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to assume that he's the guy that looks weird and uh, has big giant cans on his head. And he's bald. Yeah. Welcome to Pick a Buck. This is a show where <laughs> we, we talk games and we pick at a buck. Uh, you get a dollar and you put it in your arcade machine. And that's why he would say he wanted to hear the arcade machine in the background. 
ambient noises of yesteryear. Yeah, and I can't really hear them once we started talking. Like they were loud before mm. you called, and now I can't even I can't even hear them. And then also because there's a skunk that looks like uh, Frank Sinatra. So oh. yeah, he goes against a, a, a chicken that looks like Bing Crosby. Wow, I think we've boom, lost boom, all of our listeners. Put your dollar in the arcade machine, and it comes out here, and music goes around and around. So, what was our clues last time? I think mine was Gabby Hayes. Oh, uh, maybe clue? I know mine was Hillbilly's pissing on things. Uh, so, the game that we're talking about today is one that Kyle hates. I'm sure. <laughs> what? Holy shit! Are you a mind reader? <laughs> It's called, of course, Genix Family, 1994 yes. by Nix. So you right. have the Gen Nix by Nix in 1994. Of course, as the name implies, it's an Old West balloon popping game. <laughs> uh, you have uh, one of four characters to choose from. Whiskey Joe, mm. Happy Liza, Banana Tommy, Ugh. the kid with the... Yeah. yeah, they all have... He's the one who's pissing on a barrel. He is... P- one of the cutaways. Right. And, of course, uh, Sneaky Charlie, they call him, but it's actually Schnecky, Sneaky, S-N-E-E-C-K-Y. I think it was made in Brazil and no, Sweden. I think, it's, I think it's Spain, actually. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, made in Spain and Sweden. Yeah. yeah. No, Switzerland, not Sweden. Switzerland. So it's Swiss and, and Spanish. Spanish. Yeah. And, and it's is, garbage. This is what you get. Oh, it's terrible. And you're right. I do hate this game. Oh, well, I like it. We often talk about games that um, are like other games. This game is as soon as you uh, start to play, if you watch the opening screen, you won't know what the hell it is. But if you uh, start to play it, it's um, it is a Western version of Pang by Capcom. Right. Also known as Buster Brothers here in the U.S. And this was uh, created by Mitchell, the game company Mitchell, makers of Charlie Ninja. Remember mm-hmm. that game, Charlie Ninja? No. Well, we should we should definitely play that one in the future. Uh, What's funny is that Pang and Buster Brothers is actually a knockoff of an earlier game called uh, Cannonball, which was a PC game in Japan. It was also called Bubble Buster in Europe on the ZX Spectrum, mm. and that was put out by uh, Hudson in 1983. Right. Yeah. I tried yeah. To- so that's like the earliest version of this genre of game I could find. And I'm going to be completely upfront about it. I don't like this genre at all. I really Ooh. hate genre of game, which is this sort of bubble bouncing, harpooning action game. Yeah. Well, that's just, exactly what it is. I can't get into it. Hmm. I mean, it shares a lot of, it shares like a common gene with asteroids, you know, not such a, a free roaming asteroids. Whereas you're shooting at things that break down into smaller things and then you have to mitigate the stage by dodging these things and then eventually getting rid of all of them on the screen. So I guess the earliest, earliest version of this type of game would be Asteroids. But I think if you look at Cannonball, you'll see more things in line with the Buster Brothers or Pang and Gen X family. Right on. There's a lot of games called Cannonball, especially in the arcade. So if you want to try to see the original Huddy Sun Cannonball, you have to, like you said, it's a PC game. Don't try to right, play or, or the search, Atari or... Uh, search uh, Bubble Buster by Hudson. Okay, Bubble and Buster. that'll right. come up. As you said, Buster mm-hmm. Brothers in the States, uh, which was followed by Super Pang, Super Buster Brothers. 
which uh, somehow we neglected to include the Super NES box art in our worst box art in history episode. <laughs> Whereas the Super Buster Brothers are these pith helmet wearing, chibi globe trotting brothers. Yes. Super NES, uh, the Super Nintendo box art portrays them as multicultural, backward baseball cap, sunglass wearing radical dudes with uh, laser guns. How many Babbage's owners do you think moves shelf rot by saying, oh, yeah, this is just like a Super Mario Brothers. The kid's going to love it. <laughs> it's their brothers. They're brothers, you know, <laughs> and, and pick up Snow Brothers, too. It's, it's much in the same vein. <laughs> Anything with the word brothers in it is like, it's just Super, like Mario. Super Mario. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> See, I like Buster Brothers. Why? Because you like bad games? No, you know why. <laughs> because it was a, it was a Turbo Graphics yes. uh, CD game. Uh, Turbo Duo, Turbo Graphics. One of three that you could buy. <laughs> oh, come on. Splash Lake, man. Right. Oh, we should, we should do a review of Splash Lake if we really want to never have any listeners again. <laughs> I hope we're still recording. I don't know how this thing goes. Yeah, it looks oh, like I... we're at 10 minutes. Okay. Okay, great. Now, uh, that, yeah, that is good because this game ain't going to take too long. <laughs> Well, I got some surprises for you. Okay. Well, let's well, let's move ahead. First, let yes. me talk about the differences between Buster Brothers and Genix Family. Okay. It's, it's so hard to remember that name because it's awful. What, what are you talking? Yeah, what are you talking about, Genix Family? You know, Nix was a uh, like a pirate software type of company mm. back in the uh, early '90s, late '80s. They they would take games that I guess were popular, mm-hmm. uh, and then they would dump their own crap into it they did this with a game called pirates oh. that was a complete knockoff of cabal gotcha gotcha and they just took the cabal gimmicks out and put in pirates mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know maybe we'll talk about that in the near future i don't okay know. but but that's that's the mo for this company but that gotcha. being said yeah there are some significant differences between that and buster Brothers. definitely now do you know why nix didn't do good in germany because nix means no in german oh gosh yeah there are significant differences where spread needle <laughs> Whereas the Buster Brothers has 50 levels, Genix Family has 49 levels. Both games, too many levels. <laughs> Instead of traveling around the globe, as you do in the Buster Brothers, here in the Genix Family, you travel around the Old West Town. So you go to, you start at, I think, a jail, and then you go to like a saloon and the mines, and then you go to uh, the bank is the final stage. And then yeah, now, bank. like, I found that as a, a drawback to the game. I played Buster Brothers as well while doing research for this game. Okay. And I actually like the fact that you go around the globe and you visit places like Mount Fuji and Leningrad. And while there's not huge changes to the environment, the background changes and the music changes, and that's nice. Genix family, there are changes in, as, as in regard to the environment you know there's ladders that you have to mm-hmm. navigate and, and different levels and some sort of obstacles that will bounce the balls in in different directions but first of all we should talk about the art style which it's very european and i mean that in a bad way <laughs> uh, i really do i don't mean to offend any of our, our numerous european listeners hmm. um but i think uh, it looks very swiss Okay, it looks Swiss. Yeah. You know what? Like, European style to a video game can work. For a game like Braid, it works. Right. Braid looks very European. This game, it didn't work. <laughs> it looks very European, and it didn't work. It didn't help it in any sort of way. So the backgrounds, to me, were very drab, and I got sick of looking at them. Oh, it's Old West. It's real ugly, and so are the sprites. They're <laughs> ugly as well, and they're strange shapes. 
they're strange shapes for something that you can you know for an avatar on a screen mm-hmm. it, they just don't feel right you don't feel like at least for me in my opinion i didn't feel like i was in control of the character completely yeah it is sort of very lazily done yes you have to wonder where they lift it the three frames of animation that the characters do from <laughs> must have been maybe something. it was made in mario paint we don't know <laughs> It's a game they made in Mario Paint. <laughs> uh, well, I'll give you a, a spoiler alert at the okay. end. Uh, speaking of some great animation and really worth it to go all 49 stages, which I did, by the way. Oh, you deserve a medal. I hope you win pick of the buck this week because you deserve it. I really wanted to see that ending because I knew I was going to be in for a, a real treat. But if you don't want to know what happens at the end, skip ahead six seconds. 30 minutes. Uh, yeah. The the ending is all four of the characters that you could be doing their three frames of level completion animation over and over again. Nice. While words go by you know, of the two programmers and the special thanks to Mario Paint. <laughs> they lost their mouse for Mario Paint as well. They had to use the, the SNES controller. I think some parts were probably made with the Game Boy camera. I'm not sure. (laughs) Here's the things I did notice about the game. There are improvements on Buster Brothers. There's a health bar, which allows for multiple hits, which Buster Brothers doesn't have. One hit, you're out. Right. So that's cool. And you can also replenish your health with certain items. That is in the vein, like we talked about, of taking an idea and expound upon it. Mm -hmm. They expounded upon this genre by adding a health bar. That was a smart move. Game yeah, itself because it's moves so cheap. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so if you didn't have a health bar, you'd be uh, kicking the machine over. Which you I might think that's do why anyway. I don't like the genre is because of that exact reason. It it, it feels very cheap when hmm. you die with one hit. Hmm. Um, hmm. I did so. I did find a couple games though in the genre that I like more than these games. But again, the genre itself, not a big fan. But going back to some of the pros of Gen X Family, in case you're gonna subject yourself to it. <laughs> It's slower in speed than Buster Brothers, which is a pro and a con, but in the realm of the objects or the balls bouncing towards you, they move a lot slower, so it makes playing through the game a little bit easier than Buster Brothers. However, might, because, well, however. The, because the the levels do scroll a little bit to the left and right, yeah. and you're on a time limit, you sometimes run out of time before you can even find where the other balls are. Right. I know you made it clear with the asteroids and you break, uh, you know, uh, things apart until they get smaller and smaller. But just uh, for our, our listeners, all of our listeners that have never played Buster Brothers, <laughs> there's bubbles that uh, bounce around. and They mm-hmm. start out as giant. Yes. And then each time you hit them, they consecutively break in half until like one ball is made out of eight balls, I guess. Dude, yeah, I'm trying ball. to remember. Ha- help it. I-, I think Buster Brothers has less phases of breakdown than Gen X Family does. Hmm. Or I think Buster Brothers Maybe. might be four phases, actually. Because what happens is is that you have one ball, and then they tell two friends about it, and then they tell two <laughs> friends about it, and then so on and so on and so on. And, and that's how Wiggly lost $15,000. Yes, that's right. <laughs> We have squaring of the cube here with the with the ball busters. Yeah. While we're talking about the the balls or the bubbles, whatever they are, they bounce a lot higher than and than Buster Brothers, which allows a lot more headroom and escape, which you don't find a lot in Buster Brothers. So I found that to be a positive improvement because again, in Buster Brothers, it feels real cheap, 
when you're just trying to get underneath the object to shoot it and it just clips you right away because it's only bouncing mm-hmm. maybe four or five pixels above your head higher than you. Right. I, I will admit, Buster Brothers takes a while to really be able to master the control of Buster Brothers, the feel of it. Right. Um, when you play it the first time, you might not even make it out of Mount Fuji. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's I, it's very difficult. Yeah, but um, once you, I think once you get the hang of it, you know, I, I completed that game, and I also liked Super Pang, even though that was, I think, even more difficult because it's just so like flat. I don't know how you go to Super with, yeah. and you know what else is good to play Buster Brothers with two people. That's also fun. Yes, another improvement to this game was the power shield, which is something that you can um, turn on by the press of a button. And it protects you. So when you can't get out of the way of an object, you can use this power shield for that moment to protect you. And each character's power shield behaves in a different way. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, and they're very fucking strange. Yes. <laughs> they, they, and there's also a meter or a metric that's a part of that. And you can collect items to replenish that metric so you can keep doing that. But I played a lot with, I guess, what was his name? Banana? Tommy or what? Tommy Banana? Yeah, Banana. And he Tommy. has these boomerangs, or I guess they're bananas, hovering around him, and he I does guess this they weird are bananas. He does this weird fucking pose when he does it. The problem with it, again, going back to the animation, is that a lot of times you do it to protect yourself, but then as he's coming out of the animation, you still don't have control of him, and you can get hit again. Yeah, you have to keep firing when you use your shield because right. you don't know when it's going to run out. The stages have a nice progression, albeit visually ugly and boring, they do introduce new obstacles slowly so the players can learn. I think this game, like we've discussed, has a lot lower barrier of entry mm-hmm. for gamers than Pang or Super Pang. Yeah. My Pang. Pang in the ass. Here's some tips for you. If you start on a platform that's high above the air, I think this only happens once. And that's one of the odd things about this, this game as well. Sometimes... Something that looks like it should be part of the play mechanic only happens once in the game. Mm. Um, you know, these weird areas and stuff like that. But uh, there's one part where you start on a platform. Now, you can't jump on this game. Sometimes there's ladders, and those are always cheap. And there's platforms above you, but you can't get up to them once you get off of them if, unless they have a ladder going up to them. So if you start out a level where you're stuck on this high platform with a ball stuck in there with you you have to destroy all the levels of that ball or else if you jump off the platform before you do that you'll never be able to to destroy those balls up there yeah so that happens um and it's cheap it is cheap and also towards the end there are some balls that are stuck in like these step areas and you cannot harpoon them shoot them uh, dr octopus arm them or whatever type <laughs> of uh, power up you're using you actually have to use your shield to start breaking them up oh, and interesting until they get small enough so that they can escape out from where they're trapped underneath the steps and stuff like that would it surprise you if i told you i checked out before saying that <laughs> no <laughs> but while we're talking about power-ups and i don't want to repeat any of the uh drawbacks of this game that we've already gone over but One of the things that bothered me the most when researching the game and playing Buster Brothers was that the power-ups are completely the same Mm -hmm. between the two games. I mean, they're directly ripped from Buster Brothers, which 
talking about cheap. I thought it was cheap. I mean, simple things like adding time, freezing time. You know, the, I think the only things that are unique to Gen X family is the the two items that actually replenish your health or your uh, your shield metric. But you got the twin hook shot, a sticking hook shot. Mm-hmm. It's the same stuff that was done five years earlier in this game. So there's really nothing new there, which is why I can't give it that stamp of like a uh, a spiritual successor. Right. For yeah. You're many right. reasons. It's just yeah. a, it's just a crappy game. But for some but reason, how about that I music? <laughs> ding 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 ding. Yeah, yeah, I feel like getting ass raped. It's uh, you know dueling banjos, uh, deliverance. Yeah. Another thing that you forgot to mention, something that you love, bonus levels. Yes, there They're are bonus, bonus levels. levels. And you can actually complete these bonus levels. And it's just a bunch of balls bouncing around in like a uh, Mario Brothers type of sewer area. The original Mario Brothers, you know. Yeah. And you just sort of jump up on platforms and try to destroy all the balloons before time runs. I don't know how Gen X, the story as to why... They're busting balloons on this. Oh my god! Are you really looking for a narrative? <laughs> yes. In this game? I want to know why the old West uh, has hillbillies trying to fight balloons and right. beach balls. You know? Oh yeah, and then there's like prisoners that sometimes come out. Oh, and I didn't see this either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there. So not only do you try have to try to bust all these balloons before time oh, runs wait, out. Oh, I yes, like I do prisoners, remember. This. And there's yep. like another thing that that comes out to get you and you have to harpoon them as well like start a harpoon going up so that they walk into it i think i played long enough to see that action yeah, and they take like three uh, hits and then they disappear and then right away another character is going to come out at you a floating skull that was the other one okay yeah. well if our listeners are interested in this genre of games i do have a recommendation in this genre that i think everyone would enjoy a lot more than this so okay. this is kind of like Two for the price of one happening right now, as far as the review is concerned. Oh. It's Choky Choky 1995 Semicom. Have you played this? Yeah. Choky Choky, I think, is more along the lines of being a spiritual successor to Pang, because it it adds a couple things in there that I I think Pang would have actually benefited from. I found Choky Choky to be visually more appealing because it has chibi-style characters, and there's four characters you can choose from. There's a chef a cowboy, like a magical fairy, and then a magician. They call him a gambler, but he's a magician, trust me. (laughs) And each of those characters have distinctly different shot gimmicks that are associated with their characters. So, like, the chef shoots forks, the magician shoots cards, uh, the cowboy shoots bullets, and then the magical fairy shoots, I think, like, stars from a wand. Okay. The health bar is present, which, again, allows, like, for multiple hits, which is cool. And what's really interesting about this type of game is it's head-to-head. So mm. you're you're on one side of the screen, and the computer or player two is on the other side, and the objects that you're trying to break down are associated to you. So the cowboy is shooting boulders. The chef, I believe, is shooting, like, uh, burgers, and the fairy has magical orbs, and they're bouncing on either side. Like, when you do two-player simultaneous of, I don't know, Bust-A-Move or Tetris, it's very similar to that. The difference is your items will bounce into the other player's screen. Mm. So it'll bounce over the fence and into their side of uh, play, and they'll have to deal with those objects. So if people do like this genre of arcade game, I think they'll like Choky Choky a lot more than Genix Family. 
Uh, and it also has a power meter that you can build up to unleash a, a, a special move that's specific to the character. Right on. Um, the only things I didn't like about this game is it has very repetitive music as well, much like Genix Family. I think it only has like two or three tracks. And <laughs> the other thing I didn't like about the game is it's still a harpooning ball game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I do recommend this. And since you like really bad games, yeah, I think you'd enjoy Monsters World by TCH. It's 1994. It's a monster horror-themed variant huh. on this horrible genre of game. <laughs> But in lieu of balls, it's all these horror tropes. So, like, a Frankenstein head breaks down to jack-o'-lanterns, which breaks oh. down to bats. And what's really interesting is the backdrops, which are directly ripped from horror movie posters from that era. So, like, Evil Dead's poster is back. It doesn't say Evil uh-huh, Dead, uh-huh. but, you know, that skull face? Sure. Is the background. Wow. The music is, like, this weird remix of Thriller. <laughs> So I actually sent you a link so you can take a look at that. Okay, great. Uh, Here comes Johnny Capcom, hopefully, maybe. Magic Suck will connect you. Magic Suck. Hi everybody, it's John, the doe-eyed child that keeps the hateful marriage of Wiggly and Kyle together after all these years. And of course, the game we're talking about this week is Super Pang. So if, you know, this is for your Super Nintendo. Uh, If you got Super Pang, you you pause the gameplay and press A, B, up, down, B, A, down, up. And you'll see a hidden message in the game. And that's Super Pang, don't forget about that. And because uh, apparently there's some stupid name the game went out under uh, that the guys are talking about this week. Uh, and uh, just a special message to uh, Kyle and Wiggly please don't break up, Mammy and Daddy. All right, see you guys later. Bye bye. Great tip. I'm glad he kept it short. Uh, he always does. Yeah. All right. We didn't even get to do stinky, stupid uh, gimmicks that he thought would help uh, move the show along. How about that? Maybe next time. Yeah. All right, everybody. Hey, well, thanks for listening to We Talk Games. Oh, I didn't pick the buck. Hold on. Oh. And the hints. I, oh, yeah, the hints. I didn't even get a chance to get What do you want to do first? We're running out of time. I didn't even get a chance to get a dollar ready. I win. How about that? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what's our, what's our clue for uh, next week's show? Set fires to primates. I don't know. Okay, and, and, and set fires to drunks. That's my clue. Sounds good. Okay. And now T.T. Schmookins will give her We Talk Games Video Power Magazine Pickety Buck Arcade Game Audio Clue for next week. Hello, I am T.T. Schmookins. Here is next week's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine Pickety Buck Arcade Game Audio Clue. Good luck, geeks. Hey, all right, tune in next uh, week for another exciting episode of We Talk Games. We made it. We made it. Now you get to hear some of of the great music from Genix Family. No. Okay, talk to you later. Bye. Bye.
Eugenics Family.